Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show where I welcome Lisa and Zaudua. 
And Lisa is a registered associate marriage and family therapist. And her personal and professional experience is with neurodiverse couples counseling. And she developed the Thriving Beyond Cassandra Syndrome Group and Therapeutic Community Program. And today, Lisa and I talk about the role of community therapy and the importance of just having strong social connections outside of your romantic relationship in creating a happy and fulfilling individual life and a relationship. And so often we talk about on this show specific tools and tips to improve your romantic relationship. And that's super important. A majority of our episodes, if not all, are pretty much dedicated to that. But as you'll hear in today's episode, we talk about the importance of community and friendships and how to develop them and how they can support you and how to frame it. Because so often we elevate our romantic relationship really above other relationships, certainly our friendships. And I personally have done that and have found a lot of fulfillment in nurturing my friendships and putting emphasis on that just as much as I am my romantic relationships. So I really think there's a lot of value in what Lisa has to say today. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Sending you a big hug wherever you are listening to this. If it's in the morning, the evening, on your way to work, at night at the gym, thank you. We appreciate you. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about a few different things. But in the pre-show, you and I were talking about your work and the value of group support, group dynamics, and supporting people you know, through relationship issues, life issues. So maybe we could start by having you tell our listeners a little bit about your work and the group therapy that goes on. And then we'll talk about how our listeners can apply that to to whatever it is that they're facing in their relationships or life. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, so yes, I have a, a, a group coaching program and therapeutic community experience. And it is designed for women, especially who are experiencing or potentially experiencing the likes of ongoing traumatic relationship syndrome, as a result of a particular relationship dynamic that is not always the easiest to navigate. Um, typically, in general, working with women who are they are the holistic partner, the non-autistic partner in a neurodiverse relationship, and their partner is on the spectrum high-functioning autism (ASD level one) as it's referred to now. Um, but this would apply to anyone experiencing these sorts of nuances, which we'll go into, I'm sure, uh, of a relationship dynamic and what is needed to heal and overcome, essentially. So let's talk about it. Everyone in a relationship can face difficulties, but certainly if you're with a partner who's neurodivergent, that's going to create unique sets of challenges. So maybe we could talk about the, the challenges that your patients are facing and how they can also relate to people with any kind of challenge in their relationship. Yeah. So yeah, many of my clients, so I, I'm just as a, a side note, neurodiverse couples counselor, which is how this came to fruition. And I was recognizing a certain pattern 
of experience that they would come to me with the yellowstick partner um and that has what that's what created the this this group essentially um there the experience is quite unique in that um as you may know the the term cassandra syndrome it's an implication that this person isn't being believed and by the nature of the neurodiverse relationship the there's this 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 uh tendency for uh for various reasons for the neurodiverse partner because of having to navigate a neurotypical world their whole life they've developed this ability to what's called mask essentially and that is to get by in a neurotypical world and the world sees something very different they're usually very high functioning um and in the relationship the dynamic is quite different oftentimes what it feels like is emotional psychological physical abandonment within the relationship um it has unique uh elements such as sometimes patterns and communication could end up feeling a lot like being gaslit uh oftentimes women lose through years of navigating the relationship lose their sense of self because they're tr- they're putting so much into it just to keep the relationship at peace um in themselves sane essentially um and do and in doing such uh with with it, oftentimes not always the world doesn't necessarily believe them when they tell them they try to describe the nuances the of the relationship dynamic and in you know advice from friends and such is advice that a neurotypical relationship dynamic would suggest um and so it's very sort of surface level uh it doesn't really address what is truly going on and on a deeper level for them Obviously this presents a lot of challenges for for an individual facing this and and so I can see why a, a group therapeutic setting could be so valuable. Can you talk a little bit about the the value of that group setting and and what goes on? Yeah, so so there yeah, there there're three components of the the journey from feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, confused, hurt and pain, suffering, all the fear about the future, regret about the past, all of those things. There are three if you were to create a framework things that would need to be uh implemented so to speak one of them is community and group so um it, what this does is it creates emotional and psychological safety the nervous system for of these women are they're dysregulated in general um they could be experiencing psychosomatic uh illness as a result of the years of this and um and like i said um it's difficult for the world to validate their experience so the container is other women who have this these unique experiences and as they share they end up creating this bond and support for each other um in this container which is the one of the three parts of this process so to speak and just hearing their stories not only are they integrating other women's experiences it's helping them make sense of their own adding new data to their own experiences deep deepening their understanding of their emotions you know sometimes the emotions evolve from years of feeling hurt to anger to eventually rage even and so there and then there's shame on top of that so when they hear these other women's stories not only is there accountability on one side of this um and taking responsibility for their own healing and processing and making decisions based on heart brain coherence as opposed to reactivity and being triggered but there's also this sense of um this person this the just the fact that that they understand it eliminates the shame and there's some sort of um you know uh exploration oh this makes sense that's why i feel rage 
you know, it's because boundary violations, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, so it just eliminates the shame as well. And they receive their validation and support in a constructive fashion, by the way, I do want to note. I want to go into the other parts of this process, but first I want to just share how I haven't been in a dating a neurodivergent individual, and I imagine it can be incredibly challenging, but I think just the the group support and community as it relates to being a human and certainly being in relationship is so powerful. I found over the last year, a big goal of mine was to develop community, develop deeper friendships. And I've been able to do that. And a lot of the beauty is having fun together and sharing. But also when I'm when I'm going through tough things to have someone to validate my experience, it, it's so key and it seems almost fundamental to being a human. That's why we're social, right? Can you speak a little bit to that and, and just its broader importance in, in relationships in general? Yes. Yeah. So validation, there's so many layers to feeling validated and feeling seen. Oftentimes we're not felt seen, um, the, the authenticity of our being. And so this is, this is multi-layered so to speak, because in part two, so I'm going to kind of go back a little and then forward in part, you know, healing requires processing. It requires bringing unconscious content to the surface when I, and I'm only saying this because it is when we do that, we're seeing ourselves, we're seeing what we've been through. We're seeing it, you know, from a new vantage point uh, that we can then process and reconstruct. So in inherent to healing is, seeing validating oneself and especially if that is experienced from empathic others people you feel safe with um that is empathic resonance and what that does is it actually literally changes the neural networks in the brain that have been formulated they actually occupy real estate in the brain these um, experiences that were toxic for instance or traumatic and uh, this adds new data of empathy, um, so so to speak, uh, to and feeling seen and validated to that, and it softens and it begins to diminish the 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 um, these patterns in the psyche or in the mind, let's say, or in the brain and the nervous system, and and so there's that element of it. So it makes sense that you know from that space how important it is to have community and connection um, because we are we feel seen um, and and. On a, on a, on a bigger scale, it's simply, you know, the importance to feel to, for one to feel safe is to have belonging and community. It's just the nature of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. And just as I shared from personal experience, you know, I exited a, a relationship a little over a year ago and my goal going out personally was this realization that I didn't have the deep friendships and, and community that, that I wanted. And I realized that I was filling a lot of that need through my intimate romantic relationships. And that can feel good when you're in it, but you feel a vacuum when you exit it. And it's not healthy, right? To have all of our focus on our romantic partner. And then certainly if you're in a difficult relationship or with a neurodivergent partner, you're going to need even more support. But even if you're not, I feel like we all need that in personally coming out of that last relationship and then really dedicating time and energy towards loving 
my friends, you know, and developing those mm -hmm. friendships filled me up so much that I had that, that connection in, it took a lot of pressure off of my next romantic relationship too. And so whether you're, you're in a relationship or not, it's super important. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough on, on this show. You know, a lot of what we focus on is, is solving relationship issues within a romantic partnership. And that's super important, but it's been interesting to see how much relief in a sense I, I've been able to find through developing non-romantic relationships. And, and then even when I'm in a romantic partnership, the support that I get, it's just, it's really been kind of revolutionary for me to realize. And I think, obviously, I don't know everyone's experience, but I think to generalize, uh, a lot of my friends have shared similar things, like they get lost in in a romantic partnership and how much they feel fulfilled through the friendships, you know, that we've been able to create. We got like a really nice community, family feeling of, of this group of friends that I've been able to make. And we all feel so fulfilled in similar ways of feeling fulfilled in a romantic partnership, but, but through these friendships. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, -N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus 
protein, and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good, and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family, and we all walked to the lake, and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and, of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. Yeah, so much good stuff you said there that the one being the importance of of not losing ourselves in a relationship because we forget we can forget we can just kind of forget who we are, really. Um and the variety of well one thing you're making me think of is the importance of, you know, oftentimes I work with couples in creating this sort of shared vision, so to speak, you know, what are your highest values that you want to step into and have a focus on and really acknowledge your behavior and interactions with respect to, is it, is it honoring these things that we value? And we can do that with friendships. We, we lose sight of the importance of friendships, I think, um, because we think it's maybe one tier down, so to speak, from our romantic relationships, but it's, it's just as important and valuable and nourishing. And you could, you could, you could approach it in the same, with the same respect, with the same sort of intention, uh, our friendships. It's interesting, as you said, one tier down, that visualization really resonated with me. And, and that is how I have framed my friendships relative to romantic partnerships. And I think a lot of us do that. And it's like we put so much focus on the romantic partnership. It's generally the primary relationship in our life. It's who we spend the most time with. It fulfills us in ways that can be different than than a friendship. But what I found is that I want to give love and I want to receive love. We all want that. And it doesn't have to be just within the context of a, a romantic relationship. And when you expand that possibility and you you make the tier of romantic partnership and friendship more even, obviously there's going to be some priorities and differences, but just that even um, very visual as we all can be, but visualizing your friendships as, I don't want to say equally important, maybe you can correct me, but maybe they can be, you know, equally important and prioritized and energy and love in, in those. And we're going to feel so much more supported and loved and really whole and a healthier approach. Yeah. I, and I think really important to think of this too, is if we're in a relationship for various reasons, 
sometimes we're in relationships that are not ideal and because of life circumstances and because of unresolved trauma and because of patterns and f- ideas around, you know, the, the, the concept of, of, of familiarity. So we were drawn to what has been most familiar growing up and that may not be the healthiest and for us, but for whatever reason, if we are in a relationship that is challenging, it's not ideal, but we, for whether we, these reasons are valid or not, we stay, we're there, we're at present in it. How do we find peace in that? So one way of finding peace is to, so to speak, release the importance. If it is, if it's very, very difficult and it is also the highest of importance to you and in, in, in how it's impacting you in all levels of your being, notice how that can become in and of itself a difficult trap. But it's a bit of a releasing of the importance by virtue of expanding love, friendship, and that, you know, outs, you know, with friends and, and other support. Um by virtue of doing that, all of a sudden, it's not just a hyper focus on the impact and the, all of our energy going into just the relationship, especially if we don't have the answers or the guidance yet to find clarity and heal and um, potentially decide what is best for us with or without it. Does that make sense? Yes. And I love that releasing the importance because I feel like I have elevated the romantic relationship idea as this big important thing and look we we've dedicated over 400 episodes to romantic relationships that's what this podcast is and i mentioned that because i think that media and pop culture puts so much emphasis and pressure on have the happiest marriage couple goals relationship goals it's a hashtag it's popular and then we could go into the whole imagery that we're seeing on social media that's just not real life but yeah i think that's why i wanted to emphasize doing more episodes or at least talking now about the importance of these other relationships because i i think it is way over emphasized do you have that same feeling yeah, there's this, you know, this, there's a lot of pressure there for it to look a certain way. And I'm sure, and I know I've heard on your podcast, I've heard this has come up a couple of times is it doesn't have to, you know, there's the idea of, you know, we are whole beings, we're, we're multifaceted. And if we, we can't, if we're repressing an aspect of our being, it's difficult to bring the, our authentic self to the relationship. You know, if there's this idea that, it has to look a certain way. It has to feel a certain way at all times. We're setting ourselves up for sadness and like feeling like we're, like we're failing and then inauthenticity. And, and so releasing that pressure is by, you know, is recognizing that because we're whole, whole beings that it's healthy then to have relationships that are friends, you know, for other reasons. The point being, um, there's so much pressure that it has to feel good all the time. Uh, it has to look good. It has to, it's just, why not? You know, there's also the idea of, could this container, so to speak, this relationship fulfill certain things? And can I be okay with that? Because I have fulfillment in other areas with friends or work or career or purpose or mission, or, you know, there's so much. Uh, in opera, there's so much abundance, you know, could, could, could we release the, 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 the weight of this relationship 
having to fulfill all of those things for us? And could we be satisfied and content with it actually fulfilling these certain things? And what's, I, I don't see necessarily what is wrong with that. I think that's actually really healthy if it's compatible or if, you know, mutual. I love this thread that we're going down because it is so important. And maybe I'm just biased because I'm realizing in my life, but I tend to think it, it might be more common than not to put this emphasis on the romantic relationship and how much fulfillment I've gotten through focusing on my friendships. And again, I go back to this desire to love and be loved. I think that's fundamental to being human. And I've always felt that that needed to be expressed through my romantic relationship. And sure, I had friends, but they were friends. They were on that tier down to go with you know your example. And when I've been able to elevate that and to love my friends and to be loved by them, it, it's just as fulfilling. Again, mm-hmm. it's different. And it's not to say we don't need romantic relationships. But when you start to do that, it does take a lot of pressure off of the romantic relationship. These unrealistic expectations of this person needing to be everything to fill up all that love and going both ways and to take all of your love when you can spread that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Again, I'm just speaking to my personal experience, but I think a lot of our listeners can find a lot of value in a shift in this kind of thinking. Yes. And you're reminding me of how we think that love is limited. In other words, we don't realize or that, that it like it, it ends at a certain point, <laughs> like like we don't have a capacity to love and keep loving, extending further and further and further that that. Why is it, you know, this idea that that it's contained or it's limit where there's some sort of cap on it? Yes. <laughs> it's energy, right? It's it's just energy. Yes, exactly. Well, I'm going to shift back to to the container, but I love that that thread we went down. We talked about the feeling validated and and seen and empathic resonance, and you were talking about the the three parts. So, was empathic resonance part of the second part? No. Uh, so the second part is the guidance. So from a, you know, someone like myself who has had complex childhood, uh, PTSD and among other things, OT, ongoing traumatic relationship syndrome, all the things that manifested into eventually psychosomatic illness. And I have healed and recovered from, but also someone, so, so someone who has personally been through that, someone who's in a different, in a relationship that is, not neurodiverse, but of different age, race, and, and culture. Um, there are so many overlaps when I work with these women in my lived experience at present, but also um, as a as a as a therapist and a coach. So that guidance is specific for the healing part of it. And when I say healing, it's again they're 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 experiencing a very intense psychological and emotional anguish uh and on very deep on very deep and nuanced levels um especially if they've been in the relationship for a very long time and there are children involved um and they're at different stages of their partner recognizing you know for instance that they are perhaps on the spectrum and doing the work to help heal uh, the relationship but there's a lot of usually when they meet with me there's a lot of trauma that has occurred and there therefore is a lot of processing of that and it's from a place of empowerment empowering them not you know offering tools and techniques and um and in addition to um 
to that that deeper, let's get to the, the heart of this. Oftentimes what happens is they're in the relationship. The nature of this relationship is because it's familiar. There's an early life, early life attachment trauma or experience that has a- actually led them to being comfortable initially with this sort of dynamic of not feeling seen and not feeling having empathy from their partner. You know, you can explore the the markers of someone who may be on the spectrum with respect to relationship and glean, you know, the the byproduct of that that would occur for the for their partner in the relationship. And one of them is this this sense of just no not receiving empathy and understanding is one component. Um not always but common. And so, but you know, not having a voice, not not feeling comfortable having boundaries. So, where where does this come from? Where where at some point there may be some opportunity to use the relationship as a mirror into your deeper uh, aspects of being that you haven't yet processed. Um, so we we get, we get there through exploring triggers. We get there through exploring patterns. And we, we bring it to the surface. There's, you know, three layers of, of this healing is, is bringing it to the surface in a safe container. And it, it's also the, the, the sharing of that. And it's also the reconstructing of the experience. So it's, it's a rapid, I would consider it advanced personal growth. And what's sparking that advanced personal growth is the difficulty of the relationship. And that is the definition of post-traumatic growth. You take a crisis and you turn it into an opportunity. So that's the second phase. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. 
I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Anyone can apply that to the relationship of really asking themselves, what, what am I doing? You know, why am I okay with the, the lack of empathy? You know, your partner doesn't have to be neurodivergent. They could be mistreating you. There's an unhealthy pattern. And I think it's common to go, well, that person needs to change. And you point the finger when instead it's most valuable to look at, well, why am I here? Or why am I not communicating my needs in this situation? Yeah, that that too. And, and I'm, I'm, it's exactly right. And, and I'm cautious to say, so, so the typically, the one who is more aware in the relationship, they, they often feel that they're the one who always has to do the, you know, they're always saying, I'm exhausted, I, I'm always the one that has to take their feelings into consideration there. So if it's a toxic, so to speak, dynamic, or unhealthy, let's say, I should say, that's more appropriate. Um, then, then there's this sense of, you know, when we say that, and I do say that, I say where let's, I think it's the, is it the serenity prayer? I always, you know, I don't reference it as the prayer, but the saying um, of, you know, give me the strength to acknowledge, essentially take ownership for what I can change and the courage to do that and to accept what I can't. There's a requirement to, in order to make it through this and to continue in your life and thrive, that is required. You've got to really embrace that. And that doesn't mean to blame oneself, rather to say, oh, here's a beautiful opportunity for growth. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, it's your fault or, you know, there's always, you know, of course, there's a combination of, of elements that go back and forth. There's a pattern that exists that both are, are nurturing, so to speak. But Point being, um, it's not to say that that person therefore must put more energy into it and more this, you know, as they've been doing it in a way that's not been effective and constructive. Rather, let's put more energy into it in a way that is actually going to move the needle and make some changes. And that will require you to to dig deep and actually put some effort into this. And they want to, you know, because it feels good. Healing, where humans are know that there's while it can feel difficult in the moment we've been avoiding it sometimes that we need to process obviously we're repressing it we're avoiding it because it's painful but we also intuitively know that we are we are growing individuals we must continue to grow and that it can feel very uh repressing of our authenticity and our personality and our joy 
when we're not doing that. So it's, it's an accepting, they, they embrace that, that challenge. They're up for it, you know? Let's talk about the, the last part of the, the healing in the group dynamic. We talked about validation and feeling seen, empathic resonance, and then guidance. And what is the third part? The third part is a framework for reclaiming the self. So even it's related to all we've been talking about, too. I mean, we can even say that expanding our friendships and, and honoring them more and all of those things um, is part of that. So uh, there's this effect that occurs or where when in a difficult relationship, unhealthy dynamics, it's we lose ourselves, as we were saying, and we, we actually... Um, Imagine not having a sense of self, and I don't mean this in a in like a higher spiritual context because it's good to to release the narrative and to to you know feel that sense of oneness and all that. So I don't mean it in that respect, but with with respect to who who are you? What is what do you what is most important? What are your highest values? So outside of relationship, since now you've been all about it because you were trying to survive and you have children and all those things and. Now, what about you? Have you forgotten who you were before the relationship? And you have come, become this person that you don't necessarily love or like, so to speak, you know, as a result of the relationship. And let's remember who you actually are. And if you don't have that vision, if you don't, you can't see it clearly. I think it's, it creates a lot of anxiety and fear for the future. But when you redefine that or recultivate that or remember that, it's like, you know, uh, uh, it's empowering. It's so empowering. And so that's the third phase. It's a process. All of these are processes, all of it, you know, kind of collectively. What are some questions that someone can ask themselves when they're trying to find themselves again? They realize they lost themselves in, in the relationship. Where can they start with, with trying to find themselves? Yeah, I take them on a journey backward and forward. So backward, do you recall? Can you remember? Tap into when you were most joyful. What were you like before entering the relationship? You know, what was a period in time where you were, where things were going well um, and you felt aligned with your truth? What were your dreams? So there's a bit of that. And then there's a forward focus. And because where they are, oftentimes they can't see that far forward. They're like, I have, you know, I can't really see that. You're telling me to see this and I can't. Um, I, so I, I take them on this journey of dissecting, so to speak, the present in a way that will allow us to define the future. And that is, for example, there's this classic wheel of life, so to speak, where you have different, you know, you've got a pie chart and you've got different elements of your life. So you've got your purpose, you've got your um, let's say your mission and purpose, let's say your physical health, let's say intellectual, spiritual, but also, you know, financial, career, children, family, all the things. And then I would have them rate, where are you on a scale of one to 10 here? And let's say they say they're at a five in, I'll use something sort of unrelated to relationships. So let's say five in, in physical health. Um, and I would say, okay, well, because I can't, I can't bring them to, okay, well, define the 10 realistically, because a lot of times they have issues with feeling deserving or worthy. So they may say something, but they're not feeling it. And so instead I take them incrementally. And so what would, what would make it a six? And then they tell me this one thing. Okay. So fast forward three months, you're at that six now, what would make it a seven? And then they tell me this one little thing. Okay. Fast forward, tell me what would make it an eight. Eventually we get to the 10. And then all of a sudden we do that for all areas of our being in our life. 
and our internal being and our life, intrapsychic world, external world. And then all of a sudden we have this beautiful array in description of their highest values and what's true for them. And so now they have a, a forward seeking vision. You know, we all need that compelling vision to make us, to allow us to feel happy and aligned. And so now they have it, you know, and then we can take these baby steps, however they wish in fulfilling that. And notice how relationship is one part of it. And it's a very important part of it, but it's, we are whole beings, right? And so now it's, it's balanced, so to speak as well. I love that exercise and looking to the past, I've been fortunate to have a life that I feel like I, I do what I love every day. And a lot of that, I can't take credit for. My parents instilled that in me early, but I can imagine, you know, it's like the classic case of you're 40, 50, 60, and you wake up one day and you're like, where did the last 20 years go? I'm in this job I don't like. Maybe the relationship is okay, but looking back to your 20-year-old self and going, well, what filled me up then is such a great way to, to get to the core of where you want to go, right? Like, well, let me do that. I used to draw and paint and I just stopped doing that when I got busy with career and kids and life and getting back to those things, the, the joyful, even as a child, you know, what filled you up when, when you were 10 years old, um, being in nature and running along a creek and you realize I haven't done that in decades. And it's, it's common. I feel like I, I've done that and we, we lose ourselves, but getting back to the, I don't want to say like our essence, it's such a valuable exercise, what you shared and to revisit too. And am I following that? Because life does get busy. We, we have to make money. We, we have kids, we have career, uh, but getting back to our core, even if it's just, all right, I'm going to draw for 10 minutes before the kids, you know, get home from school and, and just creating time and space for that individual growth and purity of expression that that we so often can lose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's right. Well, I love it, Lisa. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I like the little, I won't even call it a tangent, but the, the fact that we focused on building outside of the relationship, all of these things, because it is so important and we haven't talked about it a lot on the show. So thank you so much for sharing. And before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and if there's anything you want to emphasize and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm at thrivingbeyondcassandrasyndrome.com and the Neurodiverse Couples Counseling Center. Um, and uh, I would want to just say that if there are folks out there who are listening, who are in a challenging relationship, whether that is neurodiverse or not, please reach out to me. <laughs> I'm happy to provide guidance and suggestions and resources and anything of the like. And that to let you know, too, that you're you're seen um, and acknowledged and that there is there is healing and resolve and solutions and empowerment and growth and strength and all of those good things that are are accessible just with the right tools and guidance and all of those things. Well, thank you for that, Lisa. And we'll have those links in our show notes and on our website. And thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.